I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Looking for the latest on the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies? Yeah! We've got you covered. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the Sports Zone. Hanson Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I hope you're all having a great Thursday as we kick off your 2 o'clock hour. Hey, guess what, Hans? It is the first home game of the year for Real Salt Lake coming up this weekend. And we are giving away tickets right now. All you have to do is be caller number 12, 801-575-ZONE. That's 801-575-ZONE, and you'll win a pair of tickets to see Real Salt Lake take on Austin FC Saturday at America First Field. Let's go. Man, can you believe it came that quick? It feels like we just had... RSL president John Kimball on and he was talking about the opener that was coming up and having to be pushed back and all the things that they've done and here we are March 11th kicking off the RSL season right there well the RSL home season right there at uh, that stadium that beautiful stadium gorgeous setting yeah uh and uh, I would love I mean I'll probably still be down here in Vegas but uh I would love to be down there because especially for the home opener too. Should be a lot of fun. And if you got an opportunity to get down there and again, we'll be giving away tickets uh, throughout the uh, throughout the day uh right here on the zone throughout tomorrow as well, but we're going to do it upright, man. We're going to have some fun and uh off we go. Let's uh let's knock it out of the park. Can't wait. Maybe uh hey, Lloyd, maybe you reach out. Maybe see if John can come on the show tomorrow. Doing a little a little producing on the fly, Lloyd. I mean, Hans, I think you're okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to have him on. Yeah, just because he's a good dude. We just like – that guy can talk about anything, too. We need to talk about NCAA tournament. We need to talk NFL, college football. John Kimball can talk about whatever you want to talk about, and he can break it down because he's smarter than all of us, too. So uh, I always love chatting with that guy. Yep. Really good dude, really good person, and RSL fans. And, and, and look, RSL fans know this. John Kimball's been part of that organization for a long time, both, you know, on and off for – Gish, almost like, what, 10, 12 years now. And I think that you know that you're in good hands when John Kibble's running the show. It's a good dude. 
Yep. All right, Hans, um, as we get ready for spring ball, uh, Utah's coming up here in a bit. BYU is underway, their first full week of spring football, uh, nearly in the books. And I know there'll be some more media availability coming up tomorrow. But uh, it's kind of fun to get spring ball going and actually talking about a little football. It feels like it's been way too long since we've been able to talk football with our in-state teams. Yeah, and there's just so much going on with BYU where – moving conferences and switching coaching staffs. And it was fun to catch up with Sione Pua, kind of hear his perspective on things. And I've been down there to the uh, the practice, the indoor practice facility. I've had an opportunity to watch it, put my eyes at least on the beginning parts of this spring football season. I'll be headed down there again tomorrow and see if I can catch some of the evening observation coming up tomorrow. Obviously, spending most of my time watching Keaton Slovis. Keaton Slovis is a USC transfer. He's the guy that I think BYU's putting their hopes and expectations into to be able to step behind center and run that Aaron Roderick offense and that Fessy Sataki passing offense and run it efficiently. And there's so many things that come to my mind when I think of Keaton Slovis in this offense trying to produce like we've seen Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall produce. I don't think that he's as much a physical phenomenon. I don't think that he's going to get off the edge. I don't think enough was put into what Zach Wilson could do when he got out of the pocket. But, Scotty, how many games did we see Zach Wilson win by being able to scramble the pocket and go get some yardage with his feet? There were a lot, yeah, a lot, and there were also drawn up plays that kept him involved in offense. Same with Jaron Hall. Jaron was very similar in that regard. I kind of wonder how you incorporate Keaton Slovis's athleticism and his cannon, and how it fits this offense. I, I do have a level of optimism because it's hard to look at a guy that's been in the college game for four years and has had multiple big seasons and has played in huge games with USC and Pitt. Gigantic games. He's, it's probably hard to stir him. It's probably pretty hard to knock his confidence. I've got to imagine that he feels really good about where he stands right now as a college quarterback with all the experience that he's got. But this offense lends to a lot of mistakes if you've got a quarterback that thinks he can get it in there. A quarterback that thinks that he can make that throw in that moment and doesn't know for a fact that he can make that throw in that moment. Yeah. This is an offense that you've got to be really selective with. The good news is the defense that you're going to be putting out on the field is not a bin don't break as much. The defense is going to go out there and get the offense back on the field, and hopefully this defense gets them back on the field in better field position. You know, the, the hope is Keaton Slovis and Aaron Roderick will be helped by some of the defensive schemes and the aggression that will be out on the field. You, you At least you hope that there's a, a lot more aggression and physicality and maybe some risk-taking and blitz and those types of things that get them off the field and get you some better field position. But, Scotty, a lot of hopes and dreams being put on Keenan Slovis right now. So do you feel like the offense adjusts a little bit more to Keaton Slovis, or is this the same offense that 
we've seen over the last couple of years? I I think that it's the I think it's very similar offense. I I just feel like it it would, it would be really hard, Scotty, because if I'm Aaron Roderick and and I'm Fessy Sataki and we've worked together in this offense in this setting, and it's worked and it's had great success. And we're, I'd, I would be thrilled because I'd feel like, okay, now the defensive side of the ball should, schematically should catch up to the offensive side. And if we can have that production that we had offensively and throw in some good defense and some field position, then we should have, have a hell of a season. And you wouldn't be thinking in your mind, at least I wouldn't be thinking in my mind, I'm going to have to just adjust my offense to fit Keaton Slovis. It's yeah. to me it would be if Keaton doesn't fit this, I've got a freshman, I've got two sophomores, and I've got a junior. Let's see if we can find a guy that does fit it. Because we know this offense is functioning. We know that this offense has a lot of unstoppable facets when it's run properly. So I I don't think you take out some of the QB draws or some of the fly sweep options or the keeps or, you know, the some of the drops thinking, all right, let's get you into the drop. If this coverage presents, then we want you to exit out the left side uh, in these defensive settings. I, I don't think that they change much. So I wanted to shift gears a little bit and talk about Utah with no cam rising being a part of spring as he'll have extended rehab with his knee injury that'll take him well into fall camp. What does that quarterback situation look like in terms of trying to develop guys? Because here's the thing, and and I only bring this up because I lived through it last year doing the play-by-play for Utah State. You know, Logan Bonner got injured at the very in 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 the bowl game in late December um, in the LA Bowl and. He had a partially torn ACL that I think was about 85 to 90% torn. It wasn't a full tear, but it was a significant tear to his knee. And and he rehabbed it. And the doctors cleared him. He missed all of spring and all of fall or most of fall. Finally got going and was just never quite the same. And we heard, you know, coach talk all the time at the beginning part of the season. Structurally, he's sound, but he just couldn't get over the mental hump of trying to be able to play on that knee. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen with Cam Rising. I hope and pray that doesn't happen with Cam Rising. But Utah's got to be ready for that. I mean, Utah, I don't think Bryson Barnes has got to be the guy that is your second-string quarterback going into next season. Love Bryson, love the pick farmer, love everything he did, but hands, if, if, if you're putting all the eggs in that basket, then you're probably going to be in a little bit of trouble for sure with uh, starting the season. I don't think that's going to be the case. I'm, in fact, I'm pretty sure that's not going to be the case, but you got to be ready for it regardless. Man, that is going to be one of the – that is going to be one of the tougher things to figure out through camp. And I, I I think that they've got a few different options. I think that we, you know, we saw some pretty good reps from Nate Johnson in wildcat settings. And for those of you that don't know a lot about Nate Johnson, he was a freshman quarterback last year out of Clovis, California. He is extremely athletic, and 
he wasn't used in a, the passing game as much as he was used in some of the Wildcats sets through three games. He played in that Pac-12 championship game uh, against USC, and he had a couple of rushing attempts in that game. I know that he had a couple of touchdowns against Arizona in, in that big win over Arizona and ran for nearly 30 yards in that game. I don't know if his arm comes around, but I definitely test it to see if I can get a, a true dual threat out of him. I do push Bryson Barnes, and I try to discover what I've got in spring in Bryson Barnes just to see is there is there, uh, is there high-level possibility here with this guy. Um, and if there's not, then, then I move on. I, I, I've seen and I've heard people talk about reimagining or re-imaging Jaquindon Jackson now, and I disagree with that. I think Jaquindon is a running back. I yeah. think he's yeah. always been a running back. So I don't think you re-image him. Are you going to make it like a go wildcat like you did with Weddle? I, well, and I, th- I, I don't know if that's the same with Nate Johnson either, Lloyd. I don't know if that's something you do with him. But it does feel like a pretty sticky situation. I just think they are relying on Cam Rising being back to start the season. I'm telling you, that is a massive mistake if you do that. That will be a horrific mistake, and I can't imagine. I can't imagine that. I mean, if you put, if you say, "Hey, Cam's going to be great, and he's going to be fine," it's going to bite you in the butt. It's going to get you. I, I am telling you, that's going to be. You've got to have depth there, and you got to be ready. And again, I love Bryson. Great story, but I can't. I don't feel comfortable with him being the number two. Like you've got to get one of these young guys ready to go. That's got far more upside. If if, uh, if if you identify somebody that you feel like is going to be running your team next year, because really, do we look at Bryson Barnes as being the long term starter? And I don't even know what year you know how many years of eligibility he has left. But I can't imagine like, all right, one more year, Cam Rising, we're going to hand this thing off to Bryson Barnes. Because that's not the case. They they don't see a long term future in Bryson Barnes as a starting quarterback at the University of Utah. You've got to have somebody else that you think is going to be taking over that mantle and have him ready to go as your number two. And that might not be in spring. That, yeah. might, that might not be in spring ball. That might be a fall camp situation for the University of Utah. I would do everything I could to try to discover and find. But I wouldn't be surprised if between spring ball and fall camp, you see Utah bring in another quarterback. Yeah. Yep. Or two in in an effort to generate a competition that can help discover if not the starting quarterback in game one, day one for the University of Utah as they take on the Florida Gators in hunt in the Rice Echo Stadium. <laughs> you're gonna want a good quarterback for that one. And if you don't get oh, a yeah. good quarterback on that one, you're gonna want one when you head on the road to Baylor. This, this schedule doesn't open up with Weber State or Northern Colorado. So there is a, an, an emergency, well, an emergent effort to discover, can Cam do it? If there's any thought of him not being able to do it, we've got to have QB1 in the bank and ready to go. I don't think it's on the roster right now, personally. 
All right, 127, Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Coming up next, we'll spin the wheel. A little sports roulette straight ahead right here on The Zone. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. If the Utes win the Pac-12 tournament, you will what? You name it, carte blanche. Oh, man, this will give us something to cheer carte for. Blanche. Sarah, you got to help me here. The first thing that comes like to that. my mind is a tattoo. Okay, yeah. Oh, Fine, wow. whatever you want me to do. Yeah. I was thinking something like he has to shave one eyebrow. Fine, I'll do both. How Just about score. this? I'll shave my eyebrows and I'll get the tattoo of the player's name across under each eyebrow. I was thinking of doing something kind of silly and Ben went and Sarah go right to like permanently tattooing your body. All right, I'm fine. That's fine. Or getting his legs waxed. Well, uh, hey. You know what I realized the other go day? Because I've been in pants for nine months. I don't have any hair on my legs right now. At all right okay, now so because I've been in pants for so long. They've all, it's basically all worn off. What? My legs are so smooth right now. It's crazy. <laughs> Listen, Ben, I've been wearing <laughs> I've been wearing pants for the last several months too. Got plenty of leg hair. What are you talking about? Stunned at how what smooth my legs are because the hair about? is all been worn off. Here, Jake Scott and Ben Anderson every day from ten to noon on 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. The wheel is loaded, and it's time to talk some sports. This is Sports Roulette with Hanson Scotty, presented by You First Credit Union on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hanson Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. It is time for another edition of Sports Roulette, which I am not partaking in at all down here in Vegas. Have you have you done roulette? No. No, I didn't. I, neither have I. That's a silly game. Craps, uh, all that, I, I just it just doesn't move the meter for me at all. Me either. I just, I don't know. That seems like, you know, blackjack seems... I don't know. Look, the house is going to get your money in blackjack anyway. Uh, poker is always fun, although I'm not near a poker table, and that makes me really sad. But, uh, but yeah, it's like, I don't know, man. That kind of stuff just seems like you're going to just – I mean, you're going to lose your money anyway, most likely, but at a craps table, playing roulette, all that stuff just seems like it's just a waste. Yep. Gave it up many, many years ago. Would never touch it. No. I, in fact, I've never sat at a craps table before. Never even done it. No. And that's the other thing, too. Like, I don't usually, like, I, I'm dumb enough in many aspects of my life. I always hate being the dumb guy at the table, not knowing what I'm doing. And I'm always, like, self-conscious about that. So, honestly, that's why I, I really haven't pursued that very often because I don't want to be the guy that has to look around like, hey, so what should I do? What do you think? Mm-hmm. Oh, there's nothing better than rattling those dice and having mama blow into it. Really? Oh, yeah. Really? Yes, absolutely. Lloyd, I I had no idea, Lloyd. You, you, it's awesome. You play craps? A little really? bit, yes, a little bit. 
Wow. A little bit. It's all, it's little, all, little it, bit. To be honest with you, it's the last thing I remember actually winning at. No, it's been a long time. So what's the goal? Well, never mind. I guess we should probably move on. Let's get to some sports roulette. Where our wheel is loaded. All right, let's get to it. It is uh, sports roulette. Lloyd, fire up that wheel. The legend of Tiger Vance continues. Scotty, the story is starting to hit, and details are starting to leak. Erica Herman, the now ex-girlfriend of Tiger Woods, is suing him for $30 million. Oh, man. Claiming that he cooked up a scheme to kick her out of the house that they were sharing. Uh, Tiger broke up with her last fall. They'd been living together in Hobe Sound, Florida, for about six years. And Eric says, Erica says that during that time, she performed many valuable services for Tiger in exchange for living there rent free. But apparently there was an agreement, Scotty, that she was going to be there for another five years. Erica is now claiming that Tiger Woods people convinced her to pack up a suitcase last fall for a short vacation without Tiger. (laughs) They drove her to the airport. Once they got her to the airport, they told her, you are no longer welcome back to the house. You have been locked out and you need to go on your way. She could no longer go back. So in the documents that TMZ was able to pick up, she alleges that one of Tiger's lawyers even met her at the airport with a proposal to resolve any outstanding issues between Tiger and her. She claims that they confiscated more than 40000 in cash that she had at the house and accused her of doing something shady to get the money. So that is the documents. The the file, the suing filing is for $30 million. And apparently that $30 million is a number that's attached to five years of living in the residence that she's been booted out of. So... And she's still trying to get this non-disclosure agreement that she signed with Tiger. She's still trying to get that thrown out so she can tell her side of the story. Man, I feel okay. I don't know. I, I probably, I guess you got to be careful. We got to we got to know the full story before you feel bad for Tiger. But it's like Tiger Woods, and and most of this is his own doing. So I don't you shouldn't feel bad for him, but there's no way Tiger Woods can have an honest, normal relationship anymore for the rest of his life. And honestly, if you're a super high profile, super, you know, rich athlete or celebrity, I don't even know how you can have a normal relationship with somebody. Because as much as they say they love you and they want to be with you, like in your mind, you're like, I don't know, man, pretty soon they're going to sue me for 30 million dollars. Yeah. Oh, man. What a mess, Scotty. Could you imagine living in that world where you felt like no. you couldn't trust anything or love anything or it just would be be tough. If this stuff's made up and he was just they kept fighting and he was it was time for him to move on and you're trying to get her out of the house and she's trying to sue you for 30 million and cut an NDA so she can cut a book deal, that's that's troublesome. If he did in fact do the things that she claimed he did or inadvertently claimed without trying to break the NDA. But she said 
that she should be able to use the Federal Speak Out Act in an effort to get the NDA annulled. And and he did these things. And we all need to know. Well, no, we don't all need to know. But law enforcement needs to know. Yeah. And he yep. needs to be held accountable for what he did, if he did, in fact, do it. How cold. Now, honestly, what we know about Tiger, him or his pe- people dropping somebody off in an airport, and by the way, saying, yeah, don't come back. You're locked out. That does seem a little on brand for Tiger, though. <laughs> what do you think, Lloyd? Come on. That don't even ask me. I don't want any part of this. I want to know what you think. <laughs> Come this. on, you know this does sound on brand for Tiger. Like, okay, I I would say no because he was. I mean, you think he learned the whole thing? Maybe. That whole thing that I think why he like is like this now is because of that documentary that came out about him yeah. and all these people that came out and talked. So when this transaction was over, now yes, it is very on brand now. Like this is who Tiger's. You will never. Like we think we're getting inside the ropes with Tiger when he's out on the there, you know, smiling and laughing with these guys on the course, doing these these things with Charles Barkley and whatever. But we don't really get to know Tiger, and we never did actually, to be honest with you. No. Like I feel it's all a facade, and this is now this is who who Tiger is, More and he's just very closed. Mm-hmm. I mean, he lives in a very transactional world. I we, mean, it just. We remember when case. she came on the scene, though, and we, we all thought to ourselves, "Like this is seems very different from from Tiger, like from from Elon to to her." Yeah. Ooh, dirty. I know right. this. I know this. We'll be following this story closely. <laughs> yes, we will. Because it, it is it is drama. And and it's a sad part of our society. This level of drama with these entertainers and these athletes, it draws you into the story and you want to know more. We've, and why. we've asked this before. Like, why? Why is Tiger like, I don't know why, like him himself. I, I can't quit Tiger. He's a drawing personality. I can't quit. Like, what does it take for us to be able to quit Tiger? Uh, That's a great new. That's a great question, Lloyd, because honestly, I don't really care about what goes on off the field or off the court for a lot of these guys. I just don't. I, I don't care who they're dating. I don't care about any of that stuff. I don't. What what you do on your own time, I don't care. I don't hold it against you unless you're breaking the law. I mean, I still rooted for Tiger Woods. We all were when he won the Masters, even though we knew he wasn't a particularly good husband or father. And but we didn't care because you know we put that stuff aside. But I will say this: like Tiger's the one guy where I kind of like, oh, I'm gonna peruse over to TMZ and see what's going on with Tiger Woods. I don't care about. I never cared about that with Aaron Rodgers and and Shaley or whatever her name was. I didn't care about it with Russell Wilson and Sierra. I, I just don't care about that stuff. But with Tiger, I don't know, man. I get I get sucked in on that stuff. I do too. You're not the only one. I and, and America does too because. You throw out that documentary. That documentary was one of the hottest things on all of TV for six months. Yeah. And and I did watch it. And it was it was crazy. The stories and the people that they got to talk about things. Going and getting his old girlfriend from high school. 
getting, what was it, an assistant head pro at the golf course that he and his dad, or maybe it was the head pro, because I think that he was good friends with Papa Woods. And the stories that he told, and I can understand, if you're Tiger and you're seeing your entire life in a two-part documentary, wasn't it two parts, two like hour and 40-minute parts? And you're seeing your entire life put on display by ex-girlfriends and assistant pros and yeah, you're going to get real secretive with life. There's no question. It's a good point, Lloyd. Yeah. Hands and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, spin the wheel. Who wants to play for the Jazz? Jazz injury report released. Hands and uh, for the game tonight against the Orlando Magic. Uh, here we go. Um, two, two, two. Uh, Colin Sexton out, left hamstring strain. Jordan Clarkson left hand for sping- finger sprain out. Micah Potter, uh, G League two two way. He's obviously not available. Walker Kessler though is available tonight with his non COVID illness. So you probably will see Walker Kessler, but no Jordan Clarkson and no Colin Sexton. Well, you might see. One of the ugliest displays of basketball. I don't. I, Orlando's a really tough one for me to figure out at this point. Like I think that they're trying to tank, but at the same time, maybe they aren't trying to tank. Uh, Orlando feels like one of the teams that the Jazz can catch in regards to numbers and lottery standing. It feels like they're there. They're they've got twenty seven wins right now, Scotty. But they've lost three of the last four, and I don't see a lot of winning in their future. The Jazz currently at 31 and 35 need to continue to drop and continue to lose and continue to fall to try to get in front of that Orlando Magic team. But but the Jazz have done a great job. Four in a row, they're seeking again without Colin Sexton and Jordan Clarkson on the court. This isn't the type of basketball game that I would expect to be postseason-like basketball. Yeah. Yep, I I think you're right. And uh, I all I would ask for now, and I know Tim Lacombe is probably listening and he'll get mad with us for saying this, but I do think that uh, I would like to see uh, Larry Markinen sit down with a groin uh you know, or a hamstring strain or something like that. I want you to hop on the air and say, what's going on with Larry Market? What's up with Larry Markkinen's groin? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, Hans, but he's missing the last week and a half, and the Jazz haven't won a game since. I wouldn't mind saying it. because yeah, it would, we need to add some groin-tage. Hey, but they are currently the ninth worst record down from the 13th i know right they're hanging in there they are now at the ninth worst record the teams that are still very catchable chicago indiana and orlando you're not going to catch charlotte you're not going to catch detroit you won't catch san antonio and you won't catch houston the the best that you can do right now is fifth yeah Hey, by the way, uh, Mountain West Conference uh, tournament going on, and this is why March is so crazy and weird and upside down. So Utah State got uh, got a little bit of help by UNLV beating Nevada 
at the end of last week. And what that did after Utah State beat Boise State is it slid Utah State to the third seed instead of being the fourth seed. And nobody really wanted to be in that fourth seed because that means you play San Diego State in the quarter in the semifinals if you get there. And uh, so when Utah State got the three seed, it's like, all right, well, you get to avoid San Diego State for another round. Well, this is why March gets a little weird because right now Colorado State is leading San Diego State 50-48. to 48. Now, still plenty of time. There's five and a half minutes left to go in this game. But if, if somehow Colorado State is able to hold on and win, it may have been a disservice to be the three seed instead of the four because then you would get a very winnable game against Colorado State in the next round. So I just – I mean, that's why this – this whole month is just turned upside down because you just never know what's going to happen. And uh, and frankly, it's what it makes it so much fun, honestly. But uh, a really good one brewing right now in the uh, morning session, well, early afternoon session here in Vegas. What time do you tip off? Uh, get ready. It's a 9.30 tip-off tonight. So 9 o'clock pregame, but you know how these things usually go. Uh, they say 9.30, but it'll be 9.50, somewhere around there. There'll be a heavy slide because somebody will go into overtime and slow everybody down, and it'll be a nightmare. So, yeah. Well, I'm going to try to hang in there with you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to try to hang in there with you. All right. We'll wrap this thing up. Get you ready for Unrivaled next, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Wherever you go, the zone will be right there with you every step of the way. It's the all-new KSL Sports app. I love it. Where you can listen to the zone wherever you may be. Listen to me, this stuff is available everywhere. It's your new home for streaming the zone and getting all the latest news, insight, and analysis of the teams you can't live without. It's the all-new KSL Sports app. Available now wherever you shop for apps. Miss any part of the show? Every moment of every show is available in podcast form by searching Hans and Scotty on your favorite podcasting platform or online at kslsports.com. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hanson Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Remember, Reed Medical is Utah's only physician-owned and operated wellness clinic offering ED treatment. It's discreet, non-invasive, and customized for your needs. Reed Medical, renew, restore, reclaim. Visit remedical.com today. Hey, Hans, uh, I know a lot of people listening via the stream. Uh, can't emphasize this to you enough. If uh, you are on the Old Zone app, which is unable to be downloaded anymore. It's been eliminated from app stores, uh, the one that we had you know, years and years ago. Uh, but if you still have that app and you're still listening via stream, via that old zone app, just know that app is going to be, uh, will be going away and will not be working. Will be disassembled. I think on, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, St. Patrick's Day, I think is the day. Next Friday? I think a week from tomorrow. Mm. Um, so just know um, that that app is going to be going away. It will not work anymore. We have a brand new, shiny, beautiful KSL Sports app that not only focuses on the streaming, but also has all the great podcasts, all the great stories, articles from your Utah, BYU, and Jazz insiders and beat writers. It's all available for you on one beautiful, newly redesigned app. Go, uh, all you have to do is search KSL Sports. So download that app. The streaming will still be there. It'll still be very easy to use. 
so I would highly recommend you to download that app now, the KSL Sports app, available wherever you shop for apps. And uh, just know that our old app has served us well. It has done some great things, but now it's going to uh, go quietly into the night here in the next week or so. So please uh, swap over and get your new KSL Sports app. Well, Scotty, to wrap up the show, I remember many, many, many years ago, I interviewed a UFC fighter named Chell Sonnen. He had just lost to Anderson Silva, and he came on the show. He was two or three days later. And I didn't ask, but my co-host asked, uh, Chell, you lost. How, do you, how are you feeling today? And he said, I didn't lose. And he said, yes, you did lose. And he said, I did not lose. Who are you going to believe, you or your lying eyes or me? And right now, I it looks like the prosecuting attorney in the Sean Kemp situation is doing the same thing. Prosecuting attorney's office is not filing charges against Mr. Kemp. Case status will be no charges filed pending further investigation by Tacoma police. And Mr. Kemp has now been released. The video is very clear. He fired a gun in a parking lot. Yeah. You can't mistake it. But he has been released, and it says no charges filed. Now, it does say pending further investigation, and maybe there's further investigation, and maybe he gets in trouble a little bit later. But in the meantime, he will be released and be doing his thing. So, wild turn of events in the Sean Kemp shooting situation (sighs) that surprises me yeah the whole the eye in the sky never lies apparently uh apparently it does apparently it does footage not was it just not good enough Uh, the footage is have you go watch the video it's blurry he's in his red vest he is a big human being he points the gun right at a car and you hear the gunshot and i don't know as a prosecuting attorney, firing a gun at a car in a public shopping mall parking lot in today's climate. And you're like, yeah, I don't see it. Let's let him go. Has ever see the movie Beverly Hills Cop, the original? Yeah. No, oh, man, yeah. That, that ain't me. I'm from Buffalo. <laughs> no, man, that ain't me. I'm from Buffalo. <laughs> All right, 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone. Remember, Aggie basketball coming up tonight. Late start, 9.30 tip-off, Utah State, New Mexico. Uh, We'll be back on the show tomorrow for a Friday edition of the show. Uh, Unrivaled coming up next right here on 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.